1: to drop in the gloves with former NHL All Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Thank you for listening to Drop
0: in the Gloves with John Scott. Yeah. Hello. Everybody, welcome to dropping the gloves. A nice Thursday morning. Thank you for joining us here. We really appreciate the support, don't we, Tim?
1: We sure do. We sure do.
0: We sure do. But yeah, let's let's get into it, Tim. How you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Mm. I'm doing great. I really am. Just just having a great day. Anytime you're uh, I'm not six feet under, Tim, it's a good day for me. But um, you know who is a good day for? Spencer Knight had him on the show last week. Nice kid. Very smart. Very just thought out responses. It was a good interview. He was in Charlotte with you. Literally the next day, the kid gets called up to the NHL. And now he's back with the Florida Panthers. Played the other night, won six to one. How quick, how, how fast that happened. He just said, you know, we grace him with our presence and he just goes. And now he's in the NHL. Now he'll never talk to us again. Isn't that funny?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I never had dinner with him, but maybe next time he gets sent back down. Do you think he ever plays another a- AHL game? Uh,
0: but yes, I, I do. I, I do. They have a lot of uh, goaltenders in Florida right now. For whatever reason, they just like hoarding goaltenders. I don't know. They have a lot in the AHL. They have a lot in the NHL. They have a weird kind of goaltender stockpile in Florida right now. But I do I do, I do. think he'll go down. When, once. It's so tricky because you want to get a kid like that time between the pipes, right? And then you got Bobrovsky, who is just an absolute stud. I don't want to say a stud, but he's playing a really good season. And it's like, well, what do you do? Do you let this kid back up and play once every five games? Or do you send him down to the AHL where you can get seasoning, where you can get more consistent playing time? It's such a tricky balance when you don't want to stunt someone's growth, but you also want to have them around these great players in the NHL. You want – him taking shots in practice from Barkoff and Huberto and Duclair and Marchman, all these guys you have on your team rather than being sent down and just not getting challenged. But I think he does get sent down. They have this Jonas Johansson. They, they seem to like him. They picked him up off waivers. They got Bobrovsky. So I wouldn't surprise me if he's already been sent down, you know, after this podcast. So it's a, it's a luxury the Florida Panthers have right now. They can call a guy up like Spencer Knight at the drop of a hat and he can come in and win a game. Like he's a really good goal. So I don't know. What would you do if, if you were a GM and you had a first round pick of a goaltender? How do you develop this guy when you have another con- a goalie under contract for how many more years is, is Bobrovsky under contract for? Let's see. He is under contract for another four more years at $10 million. How do you work this situation? It's such a funny. They put themselves in this situation. How do you work a situation like this? What would you do if you're the GM of the Florida Panthers?
1: I'd probably look to move out of the Babrowski contract like in a year or two. Hopefully in a year if Spencer Knight is ready, but like they can't do it yet because I don't think Spencer Knight's ready to take the workload, and they'd love to have, have him get there in a year or so and then get Babrowski moved. I don't think he'll really be a movable contract unless they eat a bunch of money, but I like what they're doing with Spencer Knight right now. It's like you said, he doesn't do himself any good if he plays every third or fourth or fifth game up in the NHL. Um, so better get the seasoning, get the, get the minutes logged, and then get called up every so often to get that NHL experience, get the exposure to those NHL players, NHL shots, all that, and then get back down to the HL, work on a few things, and keep doing that until you kind of pro- the progressive responsibility and progressive increased minutes and increased starts and all that. So I think they're doing a good job with it.
0: I agree. Well, I, I think they made the right decision. I think that's why they picked up that Jonas Johansson off of waivers, just because you're doing Spencer Knight a disservice by just having him sitting there watching Bobrovsky. Yes, there's a there's a time frame where that's good for him to develop. Watch a, a an all star caliber goaltender in Bobrovsky. Like he said in our interview, this is a guy he grew up idolizing. Like he he watched him play as he was a kid. So that was good. That time has passed. Now you send him down. You let him get stronger. You let him get faster. You let him get accustomed to the game, which he already is. But you just give him some time in the net and you you just wait your time bide your time and hopefully you can make a deal for a Bobrovsky. but i don't i don't know of any teams that are chomping at the bit to acquire a goaltender who makes 10 million dollars and who is on the wrong side of 30 so as a goaltender he, your best years are you know 25 26 27 28 Bobrovsky's 33 and he's got four more years left to ten million bucks. So I don't know a team's going to be like, you know what? This is this is a smart move. We're, we're going to take him on. He's going to be thirty-seven, and he's going to be a great goaltender. And we're going to pay him ten million bucks. Maybe the Arizona Coyotes. That'd be a good uh, trade partner for them. That's where all bad contracts go to die. That is like the abyss of bad contracts. So I don't know. Good for Spencer Knight. I actually think he's already been sent down to Florida or um, to Charlotte. So you could maybe do that dinner this weekend. We'll see because he's not on Florida's roster right now. Shoot him a text, Tim. You never know. You have a budding friendship.
1: You never know. And Bobrowski, 33. I used to think that was so old. And now I'm 31.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Even
1: when you said it, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty old. Wait a minute. That's two years older than me.
0: Hold on a second. I was having a conversation with someone at work here today. We we, we were talking about the um, Capitals-Oilers game and how the announcers are just licking their chops at Dolbechkin. And there's some. I just told him like he's 37, and the guy's like, "Wait, how old are you?" I'm like, "I'm almost 40." He's like, "Holy moly, you're old!" I'm like, "I know, it's crazy. I'm gonna be 40, Tim. It's wild stuff." Still feel like I'm 36 though. Oh, <laughs> all right. We got a big home homecoming coming up tonight. It's a big one. There was a lot. We there was a whole soap opera behind this trade. Jack Eichel going to Las Vegas, the Golden Knights. It was a year long drama where Jack. Wants a surgery. The team wants him to have a certain surgery. There was a back and a fourth. There was a back and a fourth. There was a summer drama. Jack asks for a trade. His agent comes out, makes all these comments. Kevin Adams playing hardball, this and that. It was a whole thing. You guys know it. I know it. We chronicled it pretty, pretty closely. Well, it's all coming full circle now. The prodigal son is returning to Buffalo. How is he going to be received since joining the Vegas Golden Knights? He's, he's playing. Okay. You know, he's got a few goals. He's got a few assists. He's played 10 games. The Knights aren't doing that well. They're four five and one with Jack Eichel in the lineup They're I want to talk about them either later on in the show or in another episode, because I, I really believe the Vegas Golden Knights are in trouble. I truly believe this going into the season. I thought they were going to have the most wins in NHL history. Fast forward to right now, they might not make the playoffs. They're, they're struggling and they need to find their game fast because lo and behold, the Pacific division is a complete train wreck. And who knows who's going to go on? A, well, we talked about that before, but anyways, Jack Eichel is back. Have you seen his interviews? He did a big press conference yesterday after his pregame skate in Buffalo. He is back in Buffalo. He is just praising all things Buffalo now. He says, I love the organization. I love the owners. I have no ill will. Everything is all good. I never had a problem with this and that. I love I love everything about Buffalo, the, the beef on Weck. I love going to Duff's and getting some wings. Do you believe everything that he's selling right now? What did you think of that news conference? What do you think of the homecoming? I have my opinion. You know, I I consider myself somewhat of a Buffalo guy. I grew up right next door in St. Catharines. I would go to Buffalo all the time as a kid. I am forever linked with Buffalo just because I'm a Bills fan through and through. Love myself some Bills, and I play for the Sabres. So I have a, a strong connection with the Buffalo area. I want to get your opinion. You're a Boston guy. What's your opinion right now? Should this? Well, how is he going to be received? Do you believe with what Eichel's selling right now in his press conference yesterday?
1: Uh, I don't believe what he's selling. At least not everything that he's selling. Like I think he probably likes the city, he loves the fans. You know, I think he's got some good experiences there, and certainly that's an important part of his life. But I don't think he's looking back like, oh, the ownership. Like I love those guys. They were so good to me, and nothing bad to say. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like we all we all saw what happened. Like don't 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 sell that um as far as how he'll be received I think he does not get booed I mean maybe a couple people but like I think positive positive reception from fans I was going back and forth with this but ultimately I think Buffalo fans saw the same thing that the rest of us did was that it was the ownership group and the management that screwed up the situation made it what it was I don't think it was Eichel I don't think anyone's really upset with him so I think he gets a positive reception but that's just from the outside looking in like you you know more than I do what, what do you think how, did, how does this go down
0: I think he gets relentlessly booed. That's what I think. I think the I think his interview with the when he that he did with ESPN post trade really solidified his stance, I think with the Buffalo fans when he just tore the Sabres up and down like he ripped them. He ripped the GM, he ripped the team saying they mishandled the thing. He didn't have a good time in Buffalo. He really just went after the team. And you contrast that with his press conference yesterday. It's two completely different stances. It's like you you already made your bed. You had this big ESPN interview. You went all glitz and glamour. You got the showtime of ESPN interviews, and now you're just backtracking and you're saying, no, you know what, we had, we had maybe a few differences based on our medical opinions, what I should have done. But, you know, I respect their stance. No, 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 that's not what you said. That's not what your agent said. I think the majority of fans will boo him. Who know the whole situation? There will be smatterings of applause. Do you think he gets a video tribute? This is the tricky one. They they give out video tributes now, like it's going out of style. You play a, you know, you play a half a season with the team when you get traded or you get waived, you get a video tribute these days. He was there for the better part of his decade, right? He he was the captain. He was the guy who was supposed to turn this franchise around. He didn't do it. Do they give him, him him a video tribute when he steps on the ice today after the first TV timeout?
1: I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. That said, like you said, they drop these things like, oh, you had a cup of coffee here. Like here's here's a round of applause. Actually, last week Bruins were traveling in Vegas, and it wasn't a video tribute, but Thomas Nosick got like a, a wave to the crowd, and everyone cheered him for a minute or during a break or during warmups or something. Thomas Nosick, who who started, he was part of the expansion draft in Vegas. it's like, if he's getting a moment in the sun, Jack Eichel will probably have a little victory parade through downtown Buffalo. So who knows?
0: It's just bizarre. Oh my gosh. I, I think he does get a video tribute. I think the people who work for Buffalo, they like to, people like doing those things. There's nothing really to cheer about in Buffalo these days. And so they'll, they'll throw something together. they say, thank you, Jack. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time here. And thank you for, you know, forcing yourself out when you still had five years and $50 million left on your contract. Thank you. Thank you for that. We really appreciate that. Is this a big homecoming when you rank the big homecomings, when you, you got the Jerome McGinley's, you got the John Tavares, you got the, even a, a cadre coming back to Toronto is where does this rank? Is this a blip on the radar? You know, cause this guy was a second overall pick. He was, he was the face of a the franchise. They traded him in his prime. Like it was a very contentious trade. But this guy is a legit superstar if if he gets back to where he was prior to his injury.
1: It's a big homecoming from like the reality TV sense for the drama of it and like all these stories and narratives and whatever. It's not a huge homecoming to me. I just not in terms of the traditional thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so no, no. What are some other comparisons? Like some big homecomings that we can compare it to.
0: Well, I would say John Tavares when he went back to the Islanders. You know that that was very contentious. That was you know people didn't really like him leaving. I kind of liken it to that. Maybe uh, Nazim Kadri. Iko was the captain though. That that's a tricky thing. So it's it's very rare when you see a captain get traded going back in his prime. It was just it's a very strange situation. I don't know. Well, I honestly don't care either. I really don't. I'm glad this situation is behind us. I hope Jack continues to progress. He hasn't shown the same type of you know playmaking ability that he had before the injury he's been getting all the chances in the world he's on the first line he's getting first power play minutes He's a point per game maybe a little less than point per game that's okay maybe he's still got some rust he needs to shake off but i don't know right now who wins this trade it's got to be vegas right for yeah, now yeah, yeah for now i
1: mean the saying goes whoever gets the best player always wins the trade no matter what the rest of the pieces are so
0: right now it's them is that, is that the saying? Have you not heard it? No. I got traded one time for a fifth rounder. Does that mean whoever got me won the trade because there was a player to be named later?
1: Do you know what that, that pick turned out to be?
0: No, I don't. We should go and figure that out. If, if you're around a computer at some point, I got traded for a fifth rounder in 2014, uh, oh maybe. I went to the Rangers. The Rangers gave the Hawks a fifth rounder. That'd be interesting to see what that fifth round pick turned out to be.
1: So that'd be the, NA, the 2015 draft, right?
0: Um, it might be. Yeah, No, no. It might even be earlier, like 2012. I don't even know. Yeah, it was an early trade. I'd, I'd have to go and look it up. Tim, if you have time during this podcast, search for that. All right. We got some, uh, some big news came out um, of Russia. Alex Ovechkin tied Yarmor-Yager in all-time goals. Very big deal. Did you see this? It was an empty netter. Everyone's saying Ovi's having a great season. How many goals does he have now?
1: 33?
0: 39?
1: Yeah, he's up there. Let me pull it up real quick.
0: Um, 39's a lot of goals. 36. 36 goals, eight of them or nine of them have been empty netters. (laughs) Including this one. Including this one, which he has tied Yarmou Yager. Why is no one talking about this? It, It seems like this season, there's been records that have been broken, records that have been tied. Zidane Ochara gets the most games played for a defenseman. Alex Ovechkin ties Yarmer Jager. Yager. There's not that much fanfare for this. It, it was kind of just washed over. Why is this? Is this because of all the junk that's going on in Russia and Ukraine? People don't want to glorify Ovechkin. Or is it just because people are tired of celebrating all these records? It seems like every season someone's getting a thousand games, 15 games. There's silver sticks being tossed around. What, what's going on here? Why is no one talking about this? He is inching closer to Wayne Gretzky's record why is no one why why is no one talking about this, Tim?
1: It's just not that big of a story because we knew this was gonna happen like we you could almost put in the calendar, okay, he's gonna pass this goal pass this goal the really the big one is is uh Gretzky, you know what I mean until that happens, we kind of knew these these other ones were gonna come as soon as this season, so i just it just wasn't a surprise i guess is is the point,
0: so he sits third right now and he's behind Gordy. You'll probably catch Gordy next year. Gordy's at 801. Gordy Howe, For those of you who don't know. Alex Ovechkin's at 766. Wayne Gretzky's sitting at 894. Now, we talked about this last year. Everybody has their opinions. Is there still a still legitimate chance Alexander Ovechkin passes Wayne Gretzky? He's had a great season this year. He is showing no signs of slowing down. He is still, at this point, 128 goals behind Wayne Gretzky. That's a lot of seasons he has to play in order to pass him. Do you st- you thought he was gonna pass him the last time we had this debate, like a year ago? Do you still hold firm to that?
1: Yes, I do. Yeah, he's he'll pass him.
0: You honestly believe he'll pass him. That's like truly no 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 it's if, ands, buts about it.
1: No, he'll he'll pass him.
0: No. So he needs 128 goals. How many seasons is it going to take him to get that many goals? Three, three seasons. He needs to average 43 goals a season. You think he's going to get 43 goals a season?
1: Maybe he does. The next in, three seasons, in the fourth season, but yeah, pushes. He still got the rest of this year too.
0: He does have the rest of this year. So let's just say at the end of this season, he ends up with 775. I'll give him nine more goals. I think that's a good conservative push to the end of the season because playoff goals don't count. Playoff goals don't count to this. If if playoff goals counted in your overall points, Gretzky would just be bonkers, absolute bonkers, ahead of everybody else. I don't think he does it. I really don't. This is not me dumping on Ovechkin consistently just because I like dumping on him. Because I don't like dumping on him. I actually like Alexander Ovechkin. We had a friendly relationship when I played. I love battling with him. We had a lot of good times together. I don't. I don't think it's feasible. I think we've seen him taking a step back this year. Yes, he had the hot start. If you take out that first month of the season, his next three months have been fairly ordinary. Take out the 20-some goals he got right out of the first 20 games. After that, he's just a normal – not a normal NHL player, but a normal goal scorer. He's not like a superstar like uh, Austin Matthews. So I think he'll come close. I think he'll pass Gordie Howe. I think the only thing – that might get him there is he's very prideful he wants to beat the record he really really does I could see this guy playing until he's 44 you know 43 44 just trying to get 10 goals a season playing on the fourth line if that's the case good for him taints it a little bit in my eyes but who knows maybe ruins his his whole aura his reputation but hey I don't, if you have okay. to ask me right now Tim no I don't think he does
1: I have a quick update here. I did a little bit of research and I know who they picked with that draft pick. Want, mm. want, to, want to open this up? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were traded for a player named Travis Brown, 6'2 defenseman, born 1994 from Winnipeg. Left hand shot. He was drafted tw- in 2012, fifth round, 28th round pick by Chicago. So this is okay.
0: Point.
1: He has never played in the NHL.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Um, he was playing with Moose Jaw when he got picked up and drafted. Uh, He played in Victoria, St. John's. He's played eight AHL games. looks like he spent most of his time in either the coast league. And now he's playing over in Europe somewhere. Esberg energy. That was like probably the German league. So
0: big win by the Rangers, big win by the Rangers there. They got a solid eight games out of me. Oh my goodness. A huge win for the Rangers. I cost the Rangers. No word of a lie. Tens of thousands of dollars. I want to say just based on going on the road and eating food and drinking, drinking bottles of wine. We, we talked to a Matt Zuccarello a couple episodes ago, me and me and Zooks, because we had a long playoff run there. We went to the Eastern conference finals, lost in game six in overtime to the New, New Jersey devils. We would go on the road. We would have dinner. We, you know, a couple bottles of wine, a couple of this, a couple of that. It was a, uh, it was a good time. You know, it was a good time. And the team would pay for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, all on the team's tab.
1: In the playoffs, that's what they do?
0: They would do, every night you would have a team dinner. Cause they would make sure you want to be, you know, fed, hydrated, everything that. So we would go out to a nice restaurant wherever we were, not in New Jersey. you see in the hotel Well, we'd stay in New York. And then we would drive to New Jersey cause no one wanted to eat in New Jersey. No one trusted it. So we would eat, you know, in the meatpacking district, we'd eat, eat, we'd have our restaurants in New York and they were high end restaurants in New York. Like it wasn't like a Denny's or a Olive garden. These were like creme de la creme. If you go there, you're dropping 250 bucks per person. Like this is the type of places we read. It was incredible, Tim. Absolutely incredible. So what we would do is the team meal would be there. I would be there. It'd be me, Matt Zuccarello, Jeff, what and Stu Bickle. We were like the four guys who were just extras, black aces. If somebody got hurt, we would fill in. They would leave. We wouldn't have anything going on. I didn't have my family there. So I'd hang out. We'd have a glass of wine, you know, two glasses of wine, three glasses of wine. Next thing you know, the, the tab would come, and you're like, oh, then you charge it to the team. And every night we would do that. And it was just great. And like, we weren't drinking, you know, Walmart wine. We were drinking some pretty high end stuff. We were the New York Rangers, baby. We were going to win the Stanley Cup that year. So we were drinking good stuff. <laughs> the waiter would come over and be like, what kind of wine do you want? And we'd be like, oh, what's the most expensive bottle you have? And they'd tell us, "So it's like a thousand bucks. we would be like, well, three levels below that. Let's keep it around the $200 mark. And we, you know, we'd have three or four bottles and every night. And so we like, we cost the team, I would say, a good 50 grand during that playoff run. (laughs) They must have saw the tab and be like, these players really like having wine before the game. But lo and behold, it was just four guys (laughs) after everybody left. It was really funny. We did, yeah. Maybe we overdid it a little bit, but. I knew I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to be back. I didn't like the team. I didn't like the, the, the coach. So I knew I wasn't going back there at all.
1: Does someone just have like a, I mean, I don't know, this dorky question, but like a corporate credit card, they just swipe as a captain have a check or someone with you guys, or is is there an account open with the restaurant? Like, how do you, how do you handle that?
0: They have a, a PR guy or a team guy who comes and pays for everything and they give the restaurant the card beforehand. And they, I don't know. I'm guessing they just take care of it because the coaches will go to the dinner. Sometimes the the staff will go because when you're in the playoffs, there's a lot going on. it's, It's a blast. Like it's super fun. You're always around each other. Everyone's pulling on the rope at the same, you know, the same time and everybody wants everybody to do good. So everybody's in a great mood and we were winning. We won two game sevens. That playoff. We, we won in Ottawa and we won in um, Washington. It was incredible. It was absolutely electric. It was so fun to be in those environments, even just being around it. Like I wasn't playing it, but I was in the pregame skates. I did a lot of warm ups just because that's what I did. I patrolled the red line. It was, it was so fun. And um, it was just fun to be on after, after a game seven win in overtime, when you beat the Washington capitals, your arch nemesis, it was just so fun. Like I, I can't explain how great it was. It was, like i did play in the playoffs with chicago and that was a lot of fun too but there was something about winning game seven versus ottawa and just like it was just great And when they had alfredson and neil and all these guys like they had great teams and it was just really fun battling craig anderson it was just really neat but um yeah it was fun
1: was was lundquist hanging out with you guys or was he like all focused during those stretches
0: no, he was hanging out like he he was just, he was a really normal goaltender. He, it was really neat hanging out with him. He would always invite us over, not always, but sometimes you'd get the invite over to his penthouse, and would hang out on the balcony and he would play guitar and, you know, have nice scotch or whatever. Like he, his penthouse was absolutely breathtaking, like just insane. So he was a normal, one of the very few normal goaltenders who was chill, man. Like he would... He would shoot the breeze with you. He was really fun. The The goaltenders they had on the Rangers were the two most normal, personable, nicest goaltenders I've ever been around my whole life. Marty Biron and Henrik Lundqvist. They were fantastic. And we would hang around with Marty Biron quite a bit, too, because he was a backup. And he would skate with us after practice. He would always be on with the Black Aces. And he was just, a, you know Marty. I know Marty. Everybody knows Marty. He's just, he's the nicest guy ever. So, I don't know. I don't know how we got on this topic. But, yes, Ovechkin ties Yager. I don't think he gets Wayne. I think he gets close within like 40. I don't think he gets within like really close sniffing distance sub 10. But that, it's going to be exciting to watch. Really. All right. Speaking of another goal score, Austin Matthews has just been on a hot streak. Remember, he started the season really slow. Everyone was worried. You know, how is his wrist? You know, is it going to affect him long term? What's going on with Austin Matthews? Is he a little gun to shoot the puck? He doesn't want to re-injure his wrist. He had surgery on it in the offseason. All of those worries are gone. This guy has been just scoring at will. I watched that game versus Columbus when he just lit up the Blue Jackets. He is so powerful, so dynamic, so incredibly quick with the puck. His hands are out of this world. I forget how good he is. You you don't watch him for a couple weeks, and then you catch a Toronto game. It's like, man, this guy is incredible. He really is. I don't know. What do you think of him? Is he the best goal scorer in hockey right now? Or is Ovechkin better than him? Is Kucherov better than him? Is there a guy who's even in the same category? Is McDavid better than him? Or is he in a category all his own?
1: When it comes to goal scoring, he's on his own right now. He's got six in his last three games. He had a hat-trick on uh, Monday against Seattle. We got 10 in his last nine games. I mean, this guy – or, what, eight games? So, yeah, he's, he's, he's the creme de la cam when it comes to the goal scoring. And he's, he's widening the gap, too, among the, the league leaders. It was pretty – it wasn't even – in the top three for a while and now he's running away with it he's got uh 43 the next guy's got 38 dry sidle and those guys aren't catching him he's it's him it's him he, he could hit 60 this year it's in the cards so
0: yeah I, I believe so and the fact that he gets to play with a mitch marner who was so incredibly good i said it once before this season i'll say it again if i'm picking an nvp for the toronto maple leafs it's not austin matthews it's mitch marner he has upped his game at every aspect of the game this year. His defensive game has vastly improved. His compete levels up. His offensive game has always been good, has gotten better. He is so incredibly good this season. I like myself some Mitch Marner. Michael Bunting has slid right in there. Everybody thought they were gonna fall off when they traded what's his face to Edmonton. They got or they let him go in free agency. What's his name? Um I'm in. Hard-working Hyman. Everyone was nervous. Who are we going to put beside Matthews and Marner? Oh, let's go get Nick Ritchie. He's going to fit in nicely. He's a big body. That <laughs> didn't work. Michael Bunting. Why is no one talking about this guy for rookie of the year? They are. Or are they are. they, they are, should yeah. be. Not as much as Cider. not as much as Raymond, not as much as these other, other guys. Michael Bunting, given the pressure of playing with Arguably, two of the top five players in the NHL fitting in with them, not ruining their first line mojo, and actually taking this line to a different level. He is he's been playing incredible as a rookie coming into Toronto, doing this on the biggest stage. These guys have Stanley Cup aspirations, it's impressive what he's doing. You know, it, it's one thing to be Mo Cider, I, I love Mo Cider, friend of the show. There's no pressure in Detroit right now, they're not expected to win, they're not expected to do anything. We'll talk about them coming up pretty quickly. Michael Bunting, they're expected to win every single night. That line is expected to get one or two goals every single night. And if he's off, the whole line is going to be off. Like, he he's a big part of that line. He goes in. He blows up the defense. He gets them to park. He's the one who's going to be the first guy back-checking. Like, he's a big part of that line. So, good for Michael Munting, But Austin Matthews, oof. Unbelievable. He now leads
1: all rookies in goals and points, so he's he's right at the top of the conversation there, and that happened pretty quickly. Like I feel like all like all of a sudden in the course of two weeks, he just became the front runner. I still think it's cider, but um, yeah, he's up that he's leading that conversation right now. And the other thing too is I saw this report and take it for what it's worth, but some anonymous scout said that if Bunting wasn't playing with Matthews and Marner, he'd be in the AHL right now. Like he's like he's just not that good. He's just like fitting right into the right situation and. Getting good chances, good line mates, and and he's capitalizing, good for him, but he's not an NHL player full-time.
0: No kidding. Why, why doesn't if you're gonna say that, put your name on it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: A random sure scout. Like,
0: beat it. This guy's a good hockey player. He works his tail off. He, he, that's I don't believe that whatsoever. It, it's it's no. I think that's bogus. It really is. I like Michael Bunting. I like Austin Matthews. If these two, Matthews and Marner, now hear me out. If they can, you know, keep going with this compete level, I like myself some Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs. I really do. They've been playing really good, Tim. I like it. Uh, Come on, I like it. I might be drinking the Kool Aid. I really might. You know who I'm not drinking the Kool Aid on? Speaking of mo cider, what is happening with the Detroit? You know, no one thought the Detroit Red Wings were going to be the Anaheim Ducks of 2006 when you had these all these shutdown defensemen and they just lead their team to the Stanley Cup. They are so incredibly bad at defense, the Detroit Red Wings. They are, they are giving up goals like it's going out of style. The last 10 or so games, they've given up, Okay, last game versus, mind you, this is a high-powered Arizona offense. <laughs> and everybody knows when you think of the Arizona Coyotes, you think of goals. Goals, baby. Goals, goals, goals. They gave up nine to the Arizona Coyotes. And they gave up six to the Florida Panthers, rightfully so. Florida's a, a juggernaut. Tampa Bay gave up three. Carolina, you give up four. Toronto, you give up seven. Or ten, excuse me. Ten. 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 That's double digits. It's a ten. Detroit got seven. They give up ten. Colorado, you give up five. The Rangers, you have a good game. You give up three. You give up seven to Minnesota. You give up four to Philadelphia. You give up six to Philadelphia. Like You give up seven to Toronto a week before that. You give up five to LA. You give up eight to Chicago. These are big numbers, Tim. I don't know what the record is for most goals given up by a team in a season, but Florida or the wings have to be right there. Like I, I'm just going through, they've given up multiple times. They've given up seven, eight, seven, six. What? How do you give up that many goals? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. I, it's just a talking point. Are they the worst defensive team in NHL history? Like everyone's talking about the potential of the Detroit Red Wings. What is going on? Are we overselling most siders' defensive ability? Or is this just a product of they they're just getting outmatched all over the ice? What is what is happening in Detroit?
1: It's outmatched. They're just not that great of a team yet. They're getting there and they got some flashes of, of of really good stuff. They got a good young core, but they're just not that good yet. And that's okay. But they have we talked about this already. They've got the cap room, they've got the the right GM at the helm, like they're going to make some big moves in the offseason The next couple of years, they'll they'll be there for sure. And the goalies, I mean, I, we like uh, Nijelkovic, but he's not having a great season. Thomas Grice behind him, also not playing that great. So I think it's just it's just one of those things where you know you're not going to win a ton of games. Maybe you are not getting the best performance out of everyone involved. I don't think it's a a, a spurn on most either in any way. I think it's just it's a whole team,
0: but that's just, that's how it works. The most goals against in NHL history. 446. The Washington Capitals in 1974 75. They play 80 games. They won eight. Uh, and they won eight. They lost 67. Can you tell me how many the Detroit Red Wings have given up right now? They so, given up. oh, you got it? No, you go. You go for me. They've
1: got 212 so far. So it's not even close.
0: Not even close. The Washington Capitals averaged giving up almost six goals a game that season. Five point five seven five. That's that's a tough mark to break. So the next closest is four fifteen. So there is a major, you know, gap between the first and second there. That's a lot of goals, the Capitals. Oh my gosh, that's brutal. All right, let's what else are we talking about today, Tim?
1: Uh quick little story about Phil Kessel had a baby and, and, and it's it's cool because he had that uh Iron Man streak going and he didn't want to ruin it. So he played one shift in the game. I think it was in Arizona. No, no, it was an away game and then the team like helped him organize all that. They have a charter plane waiting from the runway. He played one shift to keep that streak going, then flew back across the country to be with his wife for the birth of his baby. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. It's a pretty baller move, I think.
0: You know how you know how I'm going to feel about this. I, stuff like that irks me. It's like you didn't play in the game. It's not okay. I don't know. I don't like that. Just like when just when they like they gave Michael Strahan the sack record. And they let him, you know, oh, just he sacked. I think it was Brett Favre. It's like you didn't you didn't get that record, Strahan. You you they gave you that record. You didn't earn that sack. They gave you that sack. So I, I don't know. The person who holds the record now, did he get just a one shift game? Because you know, he, he, he had to go game. and do something he's
1: one game out of like, he's a, it's not like he broke the record that night with one shift and they're giving it. But back. What if
0: he does? What if he does? And the guy who holds the record right now, that's, that's what he really, really holds his hat Yandel.
1: to handle. Yandle's got it right.
0: Yandle has, do you think Yandle's taking a game where you just take one steps, his foot on the ice and goes, I gotta go. I gotta go. My wife's pregnant. I, I, if you're going to miss a game, miss a game. Don't work the system. I don't even, especially on the road. It doesn't bother me too much, but there should be an asterisk if, if uh, Kessel does get this because he didn't play in that game. Hey, but what if you get hurt in the first shift and you never come back? You had the intention of playing the whole game. He had the full intention of touching his foot on the ice and leaving right away and going to the airport. I it would have been great if he would have got hurt, missed the birth of his child. I think that would have been a nice, a nice <laughs> yeah. thing. That's what you get. I don't like that, but um, anyway. Um, I've been holding off on this news. Danielle's pregnant again, too.
1: Oh, finally. Let's talk about it. Yeah,
0: we, um, Tim's known for a long time. We told him weeks and weeks and weeks ago, months, months ago. But, uh, yeah, the Scots are expecting number seven, kind of middle of the show. I don't even think it's a bomb. You just assume I'm, my wife's going to be pregnant. But, yeah, we're we're she's expecting number seven. So am I. So we're very excited. She, the baby's due in the summer. Nice. We don't know the sex, so don't even ask. Could be girl number seven or boy number one we but we're very excited, very blessed. So another summer, baby, very exciting. Good for you. Another summer, baby. So you know, whatever. All right, let's let's keep moving, moving on here. I don't want to spend too much time on that. You want to talk about the Oilers? You want to talk about JT Miller?
1: Um, uh, just a quick thing. Uh, the Oilers apparently attempted to look into Semyon Varlamov and the Islanders. We talked about him as a possible trade target, um, and reportedly by Elliot Friedman, the Varlamov will refuse any trade to Edmonton. Does not want to be part of that, which is pretty funny. And and it's. It's a little surprising because it's like, at we should go there, you're going to be their guy probably. And that's a good team that could make a playoff. And if they are, they could be dangerous. Maybe not, but the Islanders aren't, aren't doing anything. So it's like, it's a little, the fact that he could, could be on a playoff team and doesn't want to because it's the Oilers is pretty funny.
0: It's very funny. It says a lot about the Edmonton Oilers. And we saw it this off with Adam Larson when he just said, no, I'm not going there. I'm going to go to Seattle. An expansion team that we don't know anything about and they have no forwards whatsoever. I'm going to go there. So usually where there's a little bit of smoke, there's a fire. Nobody wants to play at Edmonton. Nobody does. It is just it is what it is. They spent all their money on McDavid and John Seidel. The whole team, other than those two, is an absolute train wreck. I guess Evander Kane's been playing well, but no one wants to go there. It's not even a secret anymore. It's out, it's out there wide open. No one wants to play at Edmonton. This is an indication of that. This is a goaltender who was on a bad team with the Islanders as an opportunity maybe he thinks he's going to get traded somewhere else there's not a lot of teams who need goaltenders right now when you look at the contenders there's very few that can go out in either a afford a goaltender like varlamov or b1 a goaltender like varlamov so i think it's funny i think it's just fantastic the edmonton oilers they're they're a joke they're an absolute joke right now at this point they bring on Kane. they they yeah, they're, they're bad they're bad you know what else it's bad. I'm hungry. You know what I'm going to do about it? DoorDash. Ding dong. They're going to come right to my office. They're going to bring me lunch. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to get 25% off. It's going to be great, Tim. And my listeners, you can get it too because we have an exclusive offer with DoorDash. I don't think anybody else has this offer. Order now with DoorDash. Use promo code GlovesDDUS if you're in the USA, GlovesDD if you're in Canada. You get 25% off. You get free delivery on your first order. It's a great deal. DoorDash, you can order anything. If you want lunch, get lunch. If you want groceries, they'll bring you groceries. If you want gas, Give them a jerry can, they'll go get you gas. They'll give you anything you want. They go to all these different stores now. It's remarkable how they've built their brand. They're a good company. They're helping us out. Help them out. Use DoorDash, promo code GLOVESDDUS. If you're in the USA, GLOVESDD. If you're in Canada, it's simple. You can use it on your phone, your computer, your app, your tablet, everything. They're everywhere. You guys know DoorDash. I love DoorDash. Tim loves them. He uses them like every day. The guy's addicted to DoorDash. And it's great because they're a great company. You know what I'm addicted to? I love myself some JT Miller, friend of the show. Great interview, very honest, very earnest, didn't hold anything back. He is not holding anything back on the ice right now, Tim. The guy is on absolute fire. He had four points last night. They needed the win versus Montreal. They've been ascending the standings there in the Pacific Division. They are just inches away from being in the playoffs after a disastrous start where everyone wrote them off. Thank goodness the Pacific Division is just an absolute mess. Anything can happen. I think they're three points out now. they got 20 games left. they got lots of time. Everyone's saying they were out of it. I gave him a chance, Tim. I did it. No one believed in me. And they've been led by JT Miller. I said he was an MVP candidate earlier this season, if you recall. I did. He's he's clawed his way back into that conversation. He's on pace now for 96 points. He's got eight goals, 15 assists in his last 12 games. There's 24 games remaining for the Vancouver Canucks. He's on pace for almost 100 points. This is JT Miller. This is a guy who makes 5000000 bucks. million. He's got one year left on his contract. And everyone's talking about him on the trade market. Why would you trade a guy like this if you're the Vancouver Canucks? He is the best thing the Canucks have had since any of the Sedin twins. Oh, Pedersen. Oh, Pedersen. Oh, Besser. Oh, Horvat. Oh, this. Oh, that. Everyone has been garbage since the Sedins left compared to JT Miller. He is the closest thing to Daniel and Hendrick that the Canucks have had in a long time. And if they trade this guy, they're crazy. Absolutely crazy. Do you think the Canucks will make the playoffs, Tim? Tell me right now.
1: Uh I hope so. And I, I, I agree. Like, you you want this guy for the chance that you do make the playoffs. they are fighting for it now. they are only a couple points out of it. So it's not it's not that hard to believe. They're eight and two in the last ten, like you said. They won three in a row. And JT Miller was a huge part of that. Because it's not just putting up points, but, like, it's the penalty kill. It's the blocking shots. It's the physicality. It's the leadership. He's not just, like, a one-trick pony. So I think he's one of the most valuable players in the entire league. And, yeah, I don't think they should trade him. I think they should try to get him an extension. And the latest reports actually have him – Less and less likely to be moved. You read some of the TSN, the Frank Saravelli stuff. He's not even on their, their board for a lot of them. So I think he does stay in, in Vancouver.
0: Well, he's, he's still under contract for another year. That, that's the benefit of having a trade. If you did trade a JT Miller, you better get a boatload back because you have this guy locked up for another year. And if you can get a player like him, who's you can bank him for 75 points. And like you said, he has all the intangibles. Where he's blocking shots, he's doing everything you want a good, good player to do. He's not like Austin Matthews scores goals. He's not going to be, you know, mistaken for a good defensive forward. Yes, he's improved his game, but he's not going to be on the you're, penalty kill.
1: You're, he, you're what? It's just not true. Why? He's, he's a very good defensive forward.
0: Oh, so he's on the penalty kill? Like I said. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Oh, okay. Maybe let me let me finish my my thought before you jump in. Okay. I said, he's not going to be mistaken for a very good defensive forward. He has improved in that aspect of his game. He's not on the penalty kill. He's not going to be the guy at the end of the game. When you're throwing out there, when you got one minute left and you're up by two and you, and you want to hold the lead. That's just not Austin Matthews forte. Maybe he will grow into that. That's JT Miller. So if you have a guy like that, he's making 5.25. He's locked up for another season. He's only 28 years old. He is your assistant captain. Why on earth would you give this guy away? Like you said earlier, whoever wins a trade usually gets the best player. JT Miller is one of the top 10 players in the NHL right now, the way he's playing. You you will have an argument about that. If you want to prove me wrong, that's fine. But he's with his contract, with his intangibles, his just attitude altogether. I like JT Miller. If I'm the Vancouver Canucks, I'm building my team around him. Regretfully, you got to build around Pedersen. Yeah, I don't want to, but I have to. I like Bill Horvat. I'm taking those three guys. And I'm running with it, man. You got your Hughes. Quinn's got the Quinn Hughes poster. Tim's got the poster of Quinn Hughes on his wall. He knows Quinn Hughes. So for what it's worth, I don't I don't think they trade JT Miller. I think Frank Sarelli is onto something. Even JT Miller at the end of the game last night, they asked him in his post-game interview. He said, I, I've, I know there's, they haven't told anything to me about being a traded. I think it's just all media fodder. I don't see anything happening there. I'm happy in Vancouver. We're on a run here. Why would I want to wreck that? But Keep your on team Miller. Keep your eye on the Vancouver Canucks. If they get into the playoffs, I don't want to play this team. I really don't. They have a good defense. If they're all healthy and they're humming along, you got Larson, Myers, Hughes, Shen, Hominix back or Hammock, whatever you say. It. He's a good third line pairing defenseman. They're, they're a good team. They can they would scare me if I'm playing them in the first round, if I'm one of these top one, two teams and I play a wildcard team in the Vancouver Canucks. So good on Vancouver, man. They're making it exciting.
1: Yes. Um... I want to talk about Kale McCarr for a minute. Of
0: course. Oh, my goodness, of course. It's been so long. So,
1: yeah, and I, I didn't – I mean, I know he's good. I didn't realize how historic the start has been. He's having one of the best offensive – having the best offensive start to a career by a defenseman in NHL history. He's got 159 career points, which is the most ever for a defenseman with 155 games played. That's better than Bobby Orr. That's better than Coffee Bork, Lidstrom, anyone. Name it. He's better. And he's currently this season at an 82 game pace, <laughs> pace for 32 goals, 67 assists, 99 points. 32 goals as a defenseman. When's the last time that even happened? I don't think Eric Carlson or Burns, those guys ever touched 30. Did they?
0: No, um, yeah, Burns, he, I bet you, has maybe tipped 30 a little bit. It's very rare. Yeah. Very rare. But yeah, he, so keep good. going. Wax politically about your Kale McCart, Tim. I know you got more.
1: Man, well, it's just like, he's just doing something. Like you, we talked about, you know, a few months ago, you said he could go down as one of the best defensemen in NHL history. And you got some flack for it. It's usually when we make statements like that, it's like everyone from Colorado is just like, yes, yes, you're totally right. Everyone outside of Colorado is like, no, this guy's a moron, not even close. And that's just the way the hockey Twitter goes. But I think he's, he could definitely do that. And he's rounding out his game. He's still like, he's still, a, I wouldn't say an elite defensive defenseman, but he's not hurting you out there either. He's a good, good player, well-rounded game.
0: 17 times in NHL history, a defenseman have scored 30 goals. 17 times. That's it. Wow. Five of them have been Bobby Orr. Another couple have been Paul Coffey. Not many. Not many other guys. Dick Dennis Potvin, Phil Housley, Ray Bork hit it once, once in his career. So for him to do this, and what's this, his third season? <laughs>
1: Something like that.
0: Yeah. So it's it's insane what Kale McCarr is doing right now. He's hit the jackpot being on this Colorado Avalanche team with these just studs up front. He's got a good coach. He's got a great GM who just loves that type of game. And uh, he will go down as the best defenseman of all time on the offensive end. He's, he's incredible. He is a left winger, a scoring left winger that they wrapped up and threw on the back end. And he's just, he's so incredibly good. Why would he not go out and break the record? The most points in a season by a defenseman, 138 by Paul Coffey. I don't think he, he touches that in this era of hockey. It's just harder to score these days. But, boy, if he can get to 100 points, there hasn't been many times a defenseman have hit 100 points. That's even more rare. That's 12 times. So that that's absolutely incredible. And the the last time that's happened was 1990, 90, 91 92 by Brian Leach. He had 102. And that's even an era when there was more goals than these days. Goaltenders are better. Defensive systems are better. There's just less goals being scored. So if he could get 100 points this year, he's your MVP. I don't care what any other forward does. I don't care what goaltender is having a career year. Kale uh, McCarr getting 100 points. That happens once every 10 years. He's your MVP. It has to be. He has to be your MVP.
1: The MVP conversation is between Matthews and and. Only at this point. And we should we should break into that. We spent a whole episode on that. But yeah, I don't think he's in that conversation. But again, I don't, and this is a, a full game pace, a full 82 game pace. He missed a couple of games with an injury, so he won't get there. But
0: well, it just goes down to what do you value more? And we've talked about it before. People value goals, it's a sexy thing. It's just everybody loves looking at a goal score. They love you know, top shelf, this and that. If you're a hockey person and you value actual MVP and what it means and how transitional and generational as Kale McCarr is. I don't know how you cannot respect the fact that if he gets to 100 points, 100 points, you've got to give him the MVP. I don't care what Matthews does. Guys score 60 goals all the time now. It's not that uncommon for a guy to get 60 goals. I think every third or fourth year, a guy will get to 60. No one has gotten 100 points as a defenseman in 20 years. 20 years. And there's been some great defensemen who have come through in 20 years. So... He has to be in the conversation right now, and he has to be awarded the MVP if he gets to 100 points. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And plus, he's playing on a Colorado Avalanche team that's the best team in the NHL right now. So it's not like he's just doing this on an also-ran team and just racking up just garbage points when they lose 10 to 5 and he gets four points. He is a huge cog of this Avalanche team that potentially could win the Stanley Cup. So. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it'll be a big topic of conversation. We need to break into that because I'm a big Kael McCarr fan. I'm not a fan boy like some people are. I just respect the game. He's a transitional type player. He will change the way people look at that position, even just like Bobby Orr. You know, Bobby Orr did it. Kael McCarr is taking it to a different level. When you see him on the ice, he's just all over the place. He controls the play. When he has the puck on his stick, it's it's just absolutely incredible to watch. All right, Tim, a couple more. What do we got?
1: Yeah, before we wrap, we had another milestone last night. Nicholas Backstrom had his 1,000th career point, um, which is really cool. I like the guy. I like the player. A little question for you. He's a, he's the epitome of a pass-first playmaking center. He has 1,000 points. How many of those are assists?
0: 750. Three-quarters of them.
1: Pretty close, 737.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. If he gets four points, three even more assists, he's yeah. And he's riding shotgun with the best goal scorer in NHL history. So, Ovechkin, it's like you give that guy a puck anywhere within his triangle, he's gonna rip a shot, and there's a good chance it's going in. So, that's a benefit of playing with Ovechkin. You look at the Oilers in the 80s, it's like, okay, S.A.T. was good, maybe he wasn't that good, you know what I mean? Messi was really good. Maybe he wasn't that good. And you you can just go to, Yari Curry was good. Maybe he wasn't that good. If you don't have Wayne Gretzky riding shotgun with all these guys and could just put points. Paul Coffey, he's a great player. Does he get 138 points if Gretzky's not on that team? Uh, I don't think so. Good players make other players better and they're getting these guys points. And the same thing with Backstrom. He's a very good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player. But when you dish a guy a pass and you know there's a good chance it's going in, you get more points. It's just, you know, Simple math, him.
1: It's funny too. Like he never shoots the puck. He he has two hundred more than two hundred shots twice in his career, and the last one was two thousand
0: eleven. <laughs> Why would you lugging, shoot?
1: Moving, he's logging like so many minutes a night, and he just does not shoot the puck. Doesn't have to. Doesn't have to.
0: Why would you? If you're going to the offensive zone and you have a shot, or I can give it to the absolute best goal scorer of all time. I want that guy getting fifteen shots a game. Like it's. I know when I when I played with good players. Like I did play with good players, surprisingly. Who would I want to shoot the puck? Me or slide it over to Burnsy? I'm like, I'm gonna give it to Burnsy. When I'm doing a breakout, I'm like, am I gonna make a better pass? I'm gonna give it to Brian Campbell. I'm gonna probably gonna give it to Brian Campbell. You know, I, there's a better chance of me getting a third assist than me getting a first assist by trying to make a pass. Like I'm not a good passer compared to Duncan Keith, so I'm like, here you go. Hopefully, I get a second assist. <clears throat> so Backstrom's doing the same thing. Give it to Ovechkin, baby. Let him score.
1: All right, let's wrap up with some, some points, Bet. There's a lot of big games tonight, and I want to make this. Let's wrap this up into a little parlay. Let's, let's get a little cocky with it.
0: Oh, okay. Let's do them all, Tim.
1: Okay, not all of them.
0: Let's, uh, let's pull a Chris Godwin.
1: Okay, the first one I want, I want to do is Colorado versus Carolina. Huge game, two juggernaut teams. It's in Carolina. What do you got?
0: Colorado versus Carolina in Carolina. I'm taking Colorado. Okay.
1: They're both – they're even matched, both minus 110. The next big game, New York Rangers against St. Louis Blues
0: in St. Louis. Who do you like? I like the Rangers. Shashirskin Panarin. You like the Blues? You gave me a funny look there. Which is two away teams in a row. I lo- Home ice doesn't mean anything anymore.
1: Okay. The last juggernaut matchup tonight is three big, name, big games Tampa Bay in Calgary. Who do you like?
0: I like Calgary. Okay. Uh, I really like Calgary. I like myself some Oilers or uh, some Flames. So good for them. And then who do you got? Golden Knights Sabres, the homecoming of Jack Eichel.
1: Uh Sabres.
0: You... <sighs> yeah. No way. I think Jack's gonna be geared up. I think Jack's gonna get a couple points. Golden Knights are gonna walk away. The Knights are gonna be fired up for Jack Eichel. They're gonna want to give him a win in his homecoming in Buffalo. There's no way they lose this game.
1: Alex Tuck and Tage Thompson will have two points each. And... Oh
0: my Tim. Yep. Love it.
1: Buffalo. Well,
0: I love that, and I love the fact that you guys are listening. Thank you for your support. We appreciate it. hope you guys have a good weekend. We might throw down an episode tomorrow. We'll see how I feel. Tim's a busy guy. He's got a full uh, social calendar, so we'll try to get one of the books. But if not, have a good weekend. If we do talk to you tomorrow, great. Either way, cheers, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.